0: Window to the Magic is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network, micepod.com.
1: Surround yourself with the magic, magic. This episode of Paul Berry's A Window to the Magic is brought to you by you. Yes, you. Window to the Magic is supported by its listeners and is totally commercial sponsor free. Just pure, family-friendly, and kid-safe entertainment in stunning binaural sound. It takes a lot to keep this show coming to you, and we hope you'll agree that the result is definitely worth the cost. Please support the cause by visiting windowtothemagic.com and signing up for reoccurring support. Together, we can keep the magic alive. You're listening to the Window to the Magic dot com podcast. Brought to you by window to
0: the magic.com. Surround yourself with the magic. Hello and welcome to a window to the magic. My name is Paul and as always I will be your guide through the wonderful world of Disney sound experiences. This show is a weekly trip through the world of the Disney theme parks and resorts, and this is the place where you get to use your ears to surround yourself with the magic. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode um, with Jeremiah. Um, We've spent the last couple of episodes here doing a trip report of his uh, trip overseas to Hong Kong. And now we are moving on to his adventures uh, opening day and uh, thereabouts at uh, Shanghai Disneyland. Welcome back, Jeremiah.
1: Thank you very much. I'm almost over the jet lag from this trip.
0: Yeah, and that was a year ago, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, I've i never flown outside the US. I mean, the furthest I've gone is Florida and California. So five, five and a half hour flights, nothing. Um, My flight to Shanghai was from Florida to San Francisco. Wasn't bad. And then San Francisco to Hong Kong, which is 14 hours.
0: And across the day, the date line.
1: Yes. And then my flight from Hong Kong to Shanghai was roughly about two hours. So I flew a lot.
0: Yeah. No Uh, kidding. Wow.
1: Yeah. It was, we arrived in Shanghai, uh, a couple of days before the opening, because we wanted to experience Shanghai, see all of this beautiful city. It's an amazing place.
0: Wait, there's things outside Disney?
1: I, don't ask me. It wasn't my choice. My friend said I had to.
0: Weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know.
1: I Trust me, I felt the exact same way. <laughs> uh, and then we went to Shanghai Disneyland on opening day. We stayed at the Toy Story Hotel, which is across between... Toy Story Land and an all-star hotel here at Walt Disney World. It has huge icons, very fun, but great rooms, amazing layout. Uh, Other than some unique challenges, which wasn't the cast members' faults, and some that were the cast members' fault, the hotel stay was amazing. They – each night, as with anybody outside the U.S., they take care of you in the hotels – they gave us toothbrushes, they gave us slippers, they gave us all sorts of stuff. So I have a bag full in my room a year later of Toy Story slippers and toothbrushes. And, wow. And uh, now some I've, other I, weird things.
0: I've heard that the the theme for the Toy Story Hotel is, we've got a bed for you, sung to the theme of you've got a friend in me. Is that uh, the... It,
1: it was, mm-hmm. uh, but they kind of felt it was a bit awkward so they just changed it. They just... It's it's just we've got a friend. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah, right. they got rid of the whole bed reference. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Uh, Toy Story Hotel is across the street and down a little bit from the Shanghai Disneyland. We could see it from our room, but we had to take a bus from our hotel to the bus center. There, they have what they call Disney Town, which is a version of Downtown Disney or Disney Springs and Walt Disney World they have the shops they have um they actually have a boathouse which is a restaurant you need to come out to Florida just eat at the boathouse cuz you would fall in love with it all right amazing food great theme uh they also have what's called Wishing Star Park which is a large just open air park that was where a lot of the early photos of people vandalizing and doing things came out because they opened that to the public one day and Thousands of people went into this park, and a few people vandalized, did bad things. People took pictures. Of course, those went viral. When I was out there, I saw only one person, what I call Lion King, their child. And to explain that, in the Chinese culture, because it's a little bit of a dated culture, they don't have all of the Western comforts we have. That's the way I should put it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So they have what they call a squatty potty for boys. Okay. I I don't need to explain any of that. If you need to look, you Google. I don't want to see your Google search history after that, though. Yeah. Um, So there were pictures and there were people talking about people publicly taking care of their business in the streets and all of that. Mm -hmm. Didn't see any of that. With the exception of one point, I'm sitting by the adventure aisle. And I turn to the side and I see a father holding his child, small child, like uh, Rafiki holds Simba at the beginning of Lion King. Yes. Over the planters. And you guys can picture the rest. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but overall, you could that wasn't a normal thing. And that, I mean, there was a lot of when I came back, a lot of people asking, oh, did you see this? Was it horrible? Were the people bad? No, it wasn't horrible. No, the people weren't bad. Yes, it is a different culture. Yes, I felt for the first time in my life claustrophobic and had a panic attack at one point. Uh, but that's because that is how the Chinese culture are in Shanghai.
0: Are you saying claustrophobic because... Because there's no personal space?
1: No personal space. Yeah, okay. Um yes, thank you for calling that out because in my head that's all I could think of is people being on top of me. People like so close to me I could feel their sweat.
0: All right. Yeah. Uh, oh speaking I, of that, you were you were talking about the other um the other park at how hot and humid it was. Is Shanghai oh, okay. the same?
1: Not really. Uh, it's a little bit different on the location. I believe it's a little bit north of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. It was warm, but it was very much a Florida type warm. Okay. I didn't have a. I didn't have the point where I just wanted to fall down and cry like I did in Hong Kong Disneyland.
0: All right. Um, so, you, it, t- tell me about uh, about the surrounding areas of uh, of Shanghai, hotels, things like that. <laughs>
1: Um, the parks or Shanghai itself? Uh, no, the parks. Uh, the park. Uh, I keep forgetting. There's one. So they have the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel, which I never made it to because it's a distance. They, everything in Shanghai is huge. There's space in between space, which is the exact opposite of the entire culture. Whereas you have no space at all. Um, Hong Kong Disneyland or Shanghai Disneyland Hotel. Bit of a distance. Toy Story Hotel, bit of a distance. We had to take a bus. The Disney Town was very much like a San Francisco-type street, where it just kind of wound around. Uh, They had a Lego store. They had a World of Disney store. They had some restaurants specifically for there. It's also a permanent home of um, the Lion King, done in Mandarin, which is the main language for Shanghai Disneyland. So they have a lot of space condensed for that, and they also have an entrance into Shanghai Disneyland, a la opening Disney California Adventure, where there was a secondary entrance into the park, even though nobody ever used it. All right, yeah, it, it's it's one of those very unique designs, and that goes back to the uh, feng shui that okay. was. That was one of the things they always talked about is the feng shui of the park, how they laid it out because they don't have a main street. They have a Mickey Avenue, which is themed more to the characters, and it's short.
0: Okay. Well, most of the characters are short, so... Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So
1: overall,
0: um, you know, it sounds like the um, Hong Kong was done on the cheap and this was just money.
1: Oh, money left and right. Uh, And it was definitely the spot where they're like, hey, we're going to do stuff. We're going to try it out. We're going to see if it works. And then if it works, we'll carry it on to the other parks.
0: Let's hope they make it to California at some point.
1: Uh, Well, some of the stuff is very similar to California and Florida, but but they have the different changes.
0: Gotcha. So um, Mickey Avenue, you walk down Mickey Avenue, do they have a hub?
1: Um, They don't have a hub. They have the Fantasia Gardens. Ooh. Or it's Gardens of Imagination. I call it the Fantasia Gardens because it has the Fantasia Carousel Mm -hmm. and they play music from Fantasia. So I fell in love with it. Gotcha. Uh, Mickey Avenue has stores, restaurants very much like every main street does. But it's if you walked in and you thought of Duckburg or some of the cartoons where you saw where Mickey lived, Toontown, kind of. You could see remnants of Toontown still left over that made it into the Mickey Avenue. Fantasia Garden or Gardens of Imagination is this huge area in front of the castle. Let me repeat that. In front of the castle mm-hmm. where they had Fantasia Carousel. And Dumbo, the flying elephant.
0: Okay, so it's kind of like if they put Fantasyland in front of the castle rather than behind.
1: Yes, but they still have Fantasyland behind the castle. Interesting. Yeah, it, it was very strange because it—you walked up and there was that. They didn't have a partner statue. They have a storyteller statue from Disney California Adventure. Okay. Um, I have. It's the exact same. Great picture of the castle in the back. Uh, And their castle isn't a Cinderella or a Sleeping Beauty. It is a fairy tale it is kind of a combination of all of the castles i or all of disney's castles
0: to me it kind of looked like they took the hightower hotel and built a castle out of it
1: yes if you look at it one way you could see the the classic uh art deco of that time period or you'd walk around and you would see different remnants the part that i always saw was in cinderella the um Wherever Cinderella lived, whatever household she was actually from, where her father married, the wicked stepmother and all of that, the castle or the entryway of their castle in the movie where it was... Kind of uh, almost a war type uh, castle setup, where it was ready for somebody to invade them. That was one version. You would walk off to the side. You would see something else. You would see different turrets. You would see it all. But it's huge. The footprint for this castle, walking around it, was like walking around all of Fantasyland in Disneyland. Wow. Yeah. It, it, because it had to be something big. It had to be something different. They want this to be the Walt Disney World of China. Okay. Um but in the Garden of Imagination they had the Fantasia carousel and the uh, Dumbo, but they also had the Mickey meet and greet and the Marvel universe area. Ah. Yeah. Uh, they, they almost look like temporary tents and Mickey is in one tent and then Marvel, very similar to what used to be on the upper level of uh, interventions in California where they had the Iron Man suits, but here they had the black widow suit. They had the Ant-Man suit They had a Spider-Man meet and greet. They had Thor meet and greet. And it was just a vast array of Marvel. So you'd walk through there. Because Shanghai is still technically a communist country. For years, they've not had anything Disney come in. I think I heard them say that one of the last Disney films that actually made it into Shanghai was Aristocats. So they're trapped in the past. Wow. Marvel stuff is stuff that's making it in there into Shanghai now because it's technology it's the new stuff so they're familiar with that type of Hmm.
0: That's yeah, an interesting it, concept.
1: It was. There's there's a lot of things that you look at and go, I don't understand what this is. But again, different culture, different people. Right. Uh, you, one of their biggest changes was the Pirates of the Caribbean films. That's something that the Chinese are familiar with. So instead of an adventure land or a New Orleans square, they just built Treasure Cove, Ooh. an entire land all dedicated to Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: Tell me you have audio of this
1: if I didn't I don't think you would have done any of these shows with me <laughs> um, Pirates of the Caribbean Battle for the Sunken Treasure oh my god um, an attraction like no other you take basic pirates you put in Soren screens with high quality video that you can't even tell the separation between a practical set and the background set or the background screen because it, everything's so fluid wow uh Jack Sparrow. Pretty much what I've gathered from the story that you're about to hear is this is somehow Jack Sparrow is brought back to life. And then he goes on to fight Davy Jones.
0: All right. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: Um, one of the interesting things because I was there on opening day and that was one of the first attractions I went to they built this attraction to accommodate thousands upon thousands of people in their queue you know Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland you walk under the bridge there's a little roundabout back and forth there there's a little bit on the side and then you go into the building you're on this was I think it took us 10 minutes to walk from the entrance to the load area without stopping because they had roundabouts and back and and switchbacks, but they didn't have any cut points to let you through because the Chinese culture doesn't believe in personal space, but they also don't really care if they cut in front of you. So they had to set up these giant queues to make it so people would walk around and have to walk around. They couldn't just cut through anything.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it was. And then when we got up to the load area, they were so efficient to load these massive boats, there was never a wait. I was there four days and every single time I went on pirates multiple times without a single wait. Opening day of a park and no wait for probably the e ticket attraction.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's that's uh, efficiency. I like that.
1: Oh, yeah, it was. It was amazing. And you'll hear the load and you'll hear you'll hear Jack Sparrow turn from a skeleton into a human or into you know an audio animatronic and it's an amazing advanced audio animatronic to the point where i had to stop a couple of times and stare at it to make sure it wasn't a human wow yeah so enough of the talk let's hear it
0: all right pirates of the caribbean
1: 你还想要那些金银财宝吗那你就来个地方吧
0: That's
2: 拿去吧,这些就是梦为以求的宝藏 <音>
0: Okay, I need to go on that ride.
1: Oh, yes, you do. I need to go back and go on that ride a few hundred more times. Um, like I said, it's just uh, one of those attractions that it, it's what everything needs to be moving forward. If it is a water-based attraction, that'll be what it is. And I've heard rumor that a certain park that we've already talked about is getting a Arendelle-type area and a Frozen-type attraction that'll be water-based water based with the Pirates of the Caribbean Battle for the Sunken Treasure type water coaster. Because the boats can move a full 360 degrees. It's not just forwards.
0: Right, yeah, they're on some sort of drive system.
1: Yeah, it yeah. was it was amazing. And one of the other fun things about the Treasure Cove area was they had an amazing show. And I say amazing because it was a show that I was not expecting and will never see again unless I go back to Shanghai. The Iron Storm show. It's a pirate stunt show. So it, it tells it's it's a bunch of actors that are telling the story of Jack Sparrow. And the owner or the head guy of the theater plays Jack Sparrow. At some point, it goes from being a story about Jack Sparrow to actual Jack Sparrow. I don't know how it happens. I don't know where the line crosses. But it's one of those shows you sit down in and you go oh okay this will be interesting like mickey's philhar magic or muppet vision 3d where you see a set and then as the show goes on the set changes to the point where you'll hear a large loud blast and half the set gets destroyed don't know how it happens don't know how quickly it happens but it happens
0: wow okay
1: um yeah and since it's only audio and you can't see everything that's happening you will understand a lot of it i mean again it's all in mandarin so there are times where you will laugh because you know the joke, even though it's said in Mandarin, but at the end of the show, it's called Eye of the Storm, because at the very end, the two pirates, Jack and the leader of the army, whatever it is, jump into a tornado on the stage and are doing the flying thing like they do where, you know, the, you don't need the parachuteless flight jump thing that they do all across the U S you know what I'm talking about?
0: I do. Okay.
1: Uh, Hopefully everybody else does. Uh, And they sit there and they're floating in air because the fans are going and they're fighting and they're floating back and forth. And then one flies out and that ends the show. Wow. Uh, Yeah. You will never see it here because of the safety for it. it. It is not a, Hey, that'll, that'd be great in this. They would have to have harnesses. They would have to have three points of, safety before they could even jump into the eye of the storm
0: wow okay well let's go ahead and listen to that then and uh, we'll keep that in mind uh at at the very end that they are uh, literally floating around the stage and fighting in uh, in a tornado yeah wow yeah. i can't even can't even put those words out because it sounds yeah. so weird okay let's listen to that now
2: 鸟儿歌唱
1: 而杰克船长载他的大船上<音>
2: 至少你牽破我的大名 监格队长啥也没给他<笑> <啊, 对。我们的黄金呢。笑> <笑><笑> 不是人的海盜 我们竞赛圈的那个角落<笑> 让什么 Siamo sulla deliria Con
0: Well, that that was uh, that happened.
1: Yeah, and it definitely loses a lot in translation. Yeah, or lack thereof translation.
0: That's right. Well, there were you know there were subtitles, but uh, you can't see them in audio. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and that was one of those things that there was a lot of the the difference between Hong Kong and Shanghai was Hong Kong, since it's still very English influenced. English is there. Shanghai there wasn't any. It's communist country. So Mandarin is their primary and English doesn't matter.
0: Really? So there's no attractions are in English at all?
1: Um no. And that I was just thinking of that. I I I think it's just because we know these attractions so well that everything comes to us. Right? And that's something that I definitely experienced was you're I'm in a theme park. I'm in a Disney theme park. I know, okay, oh that's cute. Okay, there's there's Peter Pan flying across Neverland because that's one of the attractions. It's all in Mandarin. But it's not there's not enough of Peter Pan to go, ooh, let's listen to this. It's just Peter Pan saying Here we go in Mandarin. All right. Um, And again, one of the things that is the the tough translation are the different shows and in turn, the amazing live entertainment they have in the park. They'd have nothing published for half of the entertainment. I would be walking and all of a sudden a piece of entertainment would come out. And I would be like, wait, when did this happen? And this is a prime example. This next group, the Adventure Isle Drum Circle. Adventure Isle's their kind of Adventureland. It's where they have Soren Over the Horizon, the new where They have Roaring Rapids, which is very much like Grizzly or um, the Cali River Rapids at Animal Kingdom. And then they have Camp Discovery, which is a huge rope course. In a Disney park. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, amazing. You walk up, you get in this huge harness, just like you're going on a rope course anywhere, not in Disney. You hook yourself up and they had three or four different ways to go. And each way had an easy way, a medium way and a difficult way. You're always hooked up, so you never had to worry about falling, but you had to worry about being embarrassed. And you would just climb all over their huge mountain, the Roaring Mountain, as it's called.
0: And and uh, what, so, if you fell, then that was the end of your experience, or what?
1: No, it it was. It was think of. Think of like McDonald's, how they have the, for the kid, little rope climb nets, Yeah. or you would be hooked into a harness, you would choose, okay, you're climbing up this one area, and there'd be three different paths to choose, and you could choose by moving your harness whichever way you wanted to go. The easy way, just to take a couple of steps. The medium way, maybe a little bit of a stretch, or the hard way where you had to stretch and almost be a contortionist at times to make it up to the next level but beneath that there were rope nets but you're always hooked onto a harness so if you did the really hard way and you slipped or couldn't make it and you couldn't go back down, you would be dangling in there for a little bit until you started rocking yourself back and you would slide back down to the lower level.
0: Weird.
1: Yeah, it, again, one of the things that could never come to the U.S. parks because of safety. And the funny thing is the the theme park awards that they do every year, the Theas, Camp Discovery won an award for that because it was so intricate and so much fun. But at the same time, nothing that will ever come to the U.S., because of safety and because of um, of disabilities and guests with disabilities that wouldn't be able to do it. And with the U.S. standards, everything has to have some type of version now that's built where any guest with a disability that can't climb stairs, there has to be something. So... If you're creating an attraction that is all based off of you climbing up a mountain with a rope course, there's no equivalent that can be done with a guest with disability. All right. And it's not saying anything that we shouldn't. It's just different culture, different abilities.
0: Right. Yeah. Different country, different rules. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So we're going to hear Adventure Isle uh, Drum Circle then.
1: Yes. And this is just a traveling band playing music and talking in Mandarin and... At one point, you'll probably hear scratching and a little bit of weird sounds coming out of the mics, and that's because they pulled me up to dance.
0: Oh, very nice.
1: Yeah, so let's take a listen. All right.
2: 我們所言所行云中之乌你都能听到他的召唤。
0: <laughs> I heard you dancing.
1: Yeah, it's embarrassing. <laughs> um, <but laughs> At least it
0: was in another country, though.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. My friend has photos. Oh. So let's not talk about those. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the highlights of Adventure Isle and the, the Treasure Cove. Uh, And Shipwreck Shore and Siren's Revenge are two things we didn't talk about about Treasure Cove. And that's pretty much just a play area on giant pirate ships. You you get to walk through and there's interactive and there's water squirts. And the most beautiful views of Treasure Cove that you could have came from these two ships that are just, you know, Tom Sawyer Island times 100. All right. Um, I think that just about does it for this show. Okay,
0: all right. Well, let's go ahead and end this one here. When we come back next time, uh, looks like uh, we may be heading over into their version of Fantasyland. Yes. So that, uh, that could be fun. So thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Some days the bear eats you but always dress for the hunt come you. surround yourself with the magic
2: okay bye.